For most farmers, there are a lot of people involved between you and getting the food you grow to the folks who want to buy it. And generally speaking, this hasn't been such a great model for American farmers. In fact, what we see is a consistently losing proposition when you consider what proportion of the money spent on food in the U.S. every year actually goes to the farmers. In its most recent report, the Economic Research Service of the USDA reported what they call food dollar percentage fell for the seventh straight year, with farmers earning only 14.6 cents of every dollar spent on food. It doesn't take a statistics degree to see that within this model, those who are profiting from the food industry aren't the farmers. So in an attempt to shift this dynamic, one of the hallmarks of the sustainable food movement is the idea of direct marketing. And, you know, it's really kind of crazy that it's become a radical change strategy instead of common sense to champion the notice, notion that those who perform the labor required to produce the food we eat ought to be the ones who profit from it. Go figure. So anyway, what is a direct market? Well, your community farmer's market is a really great example. In this space, you interact directly with a farmer. Every dollar you are spending on her carrots or free-range chickens is going right into her pocket. And that's direct marketing in its simplest form. But, of course, it gets more complicated than that. And even though the number of farmers' market venues in the U.S. is increasing, the percentage of produce grown each year that is actually sold at farmers' markets is still very small. So how can farmers reach consumers? and convince them to buy directly from them. It takes a lot of carrot sales to make a living. Another option, besides farmer's markets, is to figure out how to sell larger quantities directly to bigger buyers, local institutions such as public schools, universities, hospitals, and the like. So there are many farmers out there right now trying to make this work, but the rub here is that farmers are farmers. And often, they don't have the time or necessarily the skill sets to create websites, put in the online time, design flyers, and create other promotional materials that can draw in more buyers. So a notional business is a business that nothing's really been built physically for it. Uh, In my mind, that's what it is. And so for this capstone project, you really... I really had to imagine what that business would be like and then build the various parts of it in a very textual uh, text-based way. So that's what the business plan is. It's, it's all the different aspects of what I believe uh, you would need to implement to start a marketing, uh, a marketing business like true abundance marketing. Welcome to the capstone, a new podcast celebrating the creation of a more just and sustainable food system. In the podcast series, you'll be hearing fresh new ideas from students who are finishing their Master of Science degrees in Sustainable Food Systems at Prescott College. We talk about their final capstone projects, and we hear from their advisors, leading practitioners, advocates, academics, and thought leaders about the significance of the capstone topic, especially in the context of creating food systems change. I'm your host, Lisa Trokia. My guest on the capstone today is David Cooter. 
Dave envisions a direct-to-consumer marketing service that will help farmers become more economically sustainable by creating materials that will influence consumer behaviors, appealing to the desire folks have to preserve local ownership, take care of the environment, and improve their own health through the purchase of fresh and nutritious locally produced food. For his capstone, Dave created a guide for farmers who are interested in direct marketing, and he also developed a very specific business plan that would work with farmers to create the promotional and educational materials they need. The business is called True Abundance Marketing. Welcome to the Capstone, Dave. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure. So you're based mostly in California, right? Yes, ma'am. Northern California. Okay. Can you tell listeners a bit about your bioregion as a way to get a feel for how you understand your life place? Yes. So I live in the Sacramento Valley. Uh, we're positioned just before the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas on the eastern side of the Sacramento Valley, the north portion of it. Um, the Sacramento Valley is one of the largest uh, conventional agricultural producing areas in the world. It's a Mediterranean climate, so it's very wet in the winter, and it's really hot all summer long. Right. That's a beautiful area up there, but um, the amount of conventional agriculture is probably something that um, stands in direct comparison to the what you're doing. So I hope we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, as we mm -hmm. progress. But, you know, I want to get to your capstone. It has, it's a lot of working parts involved in your capstone. So maybe you can just provide us an overview. Tell us what it's all about in a nutshell. Sure. So my capstone has four main parts. The first part is a business plan for a notional uh, marketing firm. And that marketing business is kind of designed to support small to medium-sized local sustainable farmers. Uh, so the business plan is the first portion of it. And the second portion of it is the marketing guidebook that's designed to assist those small to medium-sized farmers in developing a marketing strategy. Great. So you're calling the business True Abundance Marketing, and I really love that name. What was your inspiration for it? Well, I've, I've been a pretty spiritual person my whole life, and uh, you know I've always really um, been grateful for the abundance that's been given to me in my life, but I've always thought of it in financial terms. Um, in kind of family terms without ever really understanding where the abundance behind that financial uh, foundation came from. So when I started in agriculture, uh, doing gardens and working for nonprofits and then farming and getting into soil science and all that stuff, um, I started to really understand where true abundance really comes from and that, you know, when you get into planting seeds and working with the soil, you start to see that um, almost like uh, compounding interest, <laughs> abundance comes from all that. Right. You know, right. and it's something I really just, you set up and, you know, you're not, you're not creating every part of it. You set it up and then it, it grows from there. So I wanted to 
come up with a business that, or a notional business that supports that true abundance. So um, talk a little bit about what a notional business is and, and really the motivation to build a business plan for, for true abundance. So a notional business is a business that there's nothing's really been built physically for it. Uh, in my mind, that's what it is. And so for this capstone project, you really, I really had to imagine what that business would be like, and then build the various parts of it in a very textual uh, text-based way. So that's what the business plan is. It's, it's all the different aspects of what I believe uh, you would need to implement to start a marketing, uh, a marketing business like true abundance marketing. So you had to, we had to look at the financial aspects, the uh, management of it, the, the funding for it. Uh, and then just kind of imagine what the first couple years of operations would look like so that we can then present that business plan. Um, maybe to, you know, interested parties or just as a way to, as a way for the management team to rally around it um, and build off of it. You mentioned uh, briefly your, who you envision as your primary clientele, but talk a little bit more about that and um, tell us what kinds of services True Abundance Marketing would provide to them. Yeah, so our clientele would be the small and medium-sized farmers in our local area. So we're we're in Placer County. Uh, so we would focus on those farmers in Placer County. Uh, that has a lot to do with the the uh, what we feel is local, and that has a lot of ties to the actual county. Um, and so that would be our clientele. And and the reason we really wanted to develop marketing for these folks is that through the different operations that we've been involved in, we've got the chance to see, uh, we've got the chance to do some marketing and see how, see how much, as you mentioned before, how much you have to wrap your mind around that uh, skill set, mm-hmm. And it doesn't always align perfectly with what farmers have to do on a day in and day out basis. So there's a spin up process for farmers and we want to cut through that spin up process by offering marketing, uh, the marketing guidebook as sort of an upfront primer and then consulting services beyond that. So, so that would include social media development or social media presence development and any technological support we could give. And then, we also are interested in bringing in uh, academic, scientific research basis to it for consumer education. Yeah, that's so needed because, uh, as you know, the average age of the farmer in our country is puts them out of the range of being super familiar in many cases with the technologies that um, drive a lot of businesses at this point. Um, so even if someone is technically proficient, um, there's just that time element. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And so um, yeah, so that's such a great fit. So I wanted to go on to you mentioned your. Um, marketing guide. And so you focused on, you call it a direct-to-consumer marketing guide. So tell us more about what that is. Yeah. So direct-to-consumer is um, almost 
it, it's relatively self-explanatory. It's where the farmer interacts directly directly with their customers. There's really no middleman, and that's ultimately what we'd like to promote. Uh, we're not as a notional marketing firm. We're not really interested in becoming another middleman. That's why we develop the guide first and foremost to give them a tool that would facilitate their their uh, successful strategy in developing marketing. And so both in my experience in the agricultural community here and in my research, um, we've seen evidence that you know, farmers really don't want to get too far away from that direct customer experience. Uh, and that's part of the reason that they get involved in this type of work. Um, so we want to, we just, would really like to help them preserve that and really build on that relationship. Right, right. So let's talk about that research. You you have sort of two complementary aspects of the project, a, a business plan to establish a, establish a marketing enterprise, and then also an actual marketing guide for farmers to use. So um, it really makes me curious about how you set up the parameters for your capstone research. Um, how did you find and examine literature that spoke to both of the goals for this project? For the business plan, there were a couple main themes that emerged. Um, I, I have been trained in permaculture, so there were a, a lot of permaculture concepts, which stands for permanent culture. So that's incorporating natural systems into uh, human-based systems to hopefully achieve some sort of equilibrium. Uh, so perma these ideas in permaculture um, and literature that supported these ideas came, came into play in developing a business plan. Um, that's both in the operations, so ensuring that the types of materials that we've, we'd use for paper and uh, ink, you know, for developing these guides, these physical guides, um, the power that we would use to uh, power our computers and our technology would come from sustainable sources uh, all the way to ensuring that, you know, our management strategies were consistent with permaculture principles. I love that, that you got a systems perspective, a view of the whole that you got from that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. and, and then of course, with the guidebook, uh, we are directly incorporating things like um, explaining what environmental services are to potential consumers. So farmers in their attempt to educate their community on why uh, local sustainable uh, purchasing is beneficial, they can, they can discuss environmental services that sustainable production provides to their community and uh, different social aspects that that local agriculture local agriculture provides to communities so um, environmental services was a huge literary um, topic for the guidebook relationship marketing was a topic that we that that i researched um, and became one of the foundational theories that run throughout the guidebook. I really love the idea that you are interested in empowering farmers to tell their story. 
And I know you own a small farm, so maybe right here I could just get you to take a couple of minutes and tell us about what you do, and then um, I'll talk a little bit more about story. Yeah, so last year, 2019, my wife and I, uh, we leased some land with another farmer uh, called Lincoln Hills Farm, and we spent the year farming, um, and towards Towards the middle of 2019, we also started an online farmer's market. So we produced the food and then we sold the food on this online farmer's market. And we got about 30 other local farmers to start selling on that online farmer's market. So, um, you know, the farming along with the online presence kind of gave us that, um, that dual perspective of, you know, interface we would interface with the customers at the market. And then we would also develop that online presence using the online platform. And you were really ahead of the curve because now with the the COVID pandemic, um, this is the kind of pivoting that many um, farmers and food producers are, are kind of hustling to do to -hmm. be able to sort of offer uh, different, more creative marketing channels. So it mm-hmm. seems like you were ahead of the curve on that one. So, um, yeah, so back to the idea of telling story, uh, the idea of the value of linking storytelling to creating market opportunities that support regenerative agriculture. How much of either your motivation for this or the um, actual content of the guide was informed by knowing what farmers are up against or, or how much was informed by just being a graduate student in the sustainable food systems program? <laughs> that, I, I love that question because I, I kind of sat there and thought for a minute on it and it was really amazingly uh, complimentary how you know, me going through the experience of starting to farm and then developing the online presence, how closely it matched or was complemented by my, by the research that I was doing throughout the master's program. Um, so, you know, intuitive, I think intuitively we, we, we think these things might work because of, you know, just the things you've experienced in your day-to-day life. But then it's it's an amazing experience to look at the research that's being done out there, look at the literature that people have funneled years of experience into um, to see that it either backs you up or it provides a different perspective on what you're trying to do. So it was just really complimentary. Um, the master's program gave me a much broader understanding of exactly what the small farmer is up against so it gives us a it gives us a nationwide or even a global perspective of what of how um deeply involved we all are in with conventional agriculture and what what type of effort needs to happen to bring sustainable local agriculture back to life or attempt to do that Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking that's also one of those benefits, I think, uh, that the program at Prescott offers because you have this cohort that is situated in different places all over North America generally, but can be all over the world. Mm -hmm. So you get this very broad perspective of what's going on in terms of food systems and agriculture, which I think is pretty invaluable. 
Yes, I agree. Yeah. Well, I'd love for you to talk about something you've built into this business plan, and you call it benefits-based outcomes of regenerative farming. So break that down for us. So when when I'm talking about benefit-based outcomes, I'm talking about um, the benefits that uh, are provided to local communities through regenerative agriculture. And these consist of uh, physiological, so health-based and nutrient-based, um, social benefits. So as you, as farmers get more involved with their communities, the communities get to know the farmers uh, better. There's kind of social uh, connections that are made and networks are developed. And then the last one is the economic benefits. Um, farmers operate in their local communities. They they buy inputs through their local communities for their farms, and then they're also spending in those local communities and paying taxes in those local communities. So you're not, you don't have these large corporations coming in, um, you know, mining resources from an area and then pulling those resources back to a corporate headquarters somewhere and then dispersing the the value from there. It's really the the value is staying within the communities. So. That's great. And, and, you know, what a great example of a project that um, comes from considering food and agriculture as a working system. So, you know, A plus, you got that out of the sustainable food systems program (laughs) and our mindset. But I think that, you know, ultimately, when we want to make change, you know, it really is important to tie these things together. Um, So building on all of this, what are your aspirations for the impacts of what you've done with this capstone? So the, the aspiration is really bringing together um, the collective narrative of the producers in Placer County. I think that there is a, an identity there that the farmers adhere to or they, they uh, resonate with. And I think that matches up nicely with who the people of Placer County actually are. I just like to bring that story more to light. I think it's bubbling below the surface. I think that there's still some some gaps there in understanding on the consumer's part. Um, and then, you know, we'd like to educate the consumer through marketing and you know the the information that we place in these marketing these marketing products. Well, you've really completed a wonderful capstone project, Dave, and one that I think addresses very important aspects of creating a more sustainable food system. But, you know, I'm also wondering what this process was like for you as an individual, because I know having been through it, that developing a proposal and researching and writing a capstone is no small feat. So what did you get out of this personally, now that you're nearly on the other side of this? What were some of the bright spots in the process for you? Well, or you can talk about the not so bright spots as well. (laughs) So I have gone on intuition for a lot of things that I've done in my life. And that's where I feel most comfortable. Uh, The master's program has really forced me out of that comfort zone. And I'm deeply appreciative for it. (laughs) Because um, at the same time, I also understand as hard as it as hard as it is, getting other perspectives is really, really valuable. 
Uh, so one of the one of the main parts of where I would just normally go on intuition is the belief that organic food is somehow better for us and better for our communities. I think we all intuitively know that or feel that, but actually putting quantitative uh, data to that has been re a really amazing process for me. Um, it took me a while to find exactly the data that I was looking for. Um, I think we have a lot of information out there, a lot of research that's been done on, on nutrient density in food, but it was really nice to find the, the meta-analysis of exactly how that food is better nutritionally or is more nutrient dense than conventional uh, agricultural production. So bringing the science into what, you know, I may have thought intuitively has been a really great experience. So what's next following the completion of this degree? Is this business plan actually going into action? Uh, the business plan probably won't go into action immediately. Um, I really hadn't even begun to think about a marketing business until uh, I started developing the capstone project. Um, but the definitely the marketing strategy that I talk about in the guidebook is will be implemented in our online presence. So our online farmer's market platform has already has farmer bios in it. That's something we talk about in the guidebook. Um, there's plans to develop out more, more pages in our website to make it more educational for, for consumers of Plaster Farmer's Marketplace. Um, and so I just like to invest a lot of time in incorporating all these different elements into what we're already doing. So we're not just marketing for our own farm, our own production. We're also marketing for the 30 plus uh, producers that come in and out of the online farmer's market. Uh, and then I'm definitely open to the possibility of having an actual marketing business down the road. I just, you know, I've just started bridging into developing the overall strategy and really thinking about the guidebook as a whole. Great. Well, good luck with that. Um, you've thought through every element of it so well that if you do go forward with the marketing business, I'm sure it will be successful and um, implementing parts of the guide into what you're doing right now has got to be uh, a wonderful move. So congratulations on getting this capstone completed. Thank you. At this point, I would like to bring into the conversation your capstone advisor, Hava Villaverde. Welcome back to the capstone, Hava. Well, thanks, Lisa. It's great to, to be here and have an opportunity to walk through uh, Dave's excellent project. Yeah, it's, it's always great having you on and hearing from you. Um, I think Dave was very fortunate to have you as an advisor on this project. I'm wondering what your thoughts are about the project. Um, sure. So I actually, um, it, it's any, any business planning, as I'm, I'm sure uh, Dave can attest to, is, is sort of, um, in a lot of ways, it's a very deep dive and um, sometimes more of a deep dive than people want to do. Uh, but 
it's essential that when you are creating a business and a business model that you do your scratch work up front so that at the end of the day, you're not investing such valuable time and funds and effort into something that hasn't been planned out. And I think this is especially important for farmers, um, purely because of the demands of farming. So if you are focusing, you know, 99% of your energy on farming uh, and you know, you're exhausted, your time, your resources, just your your life is involved, that type of business. Um, those individuals aren't necessarily, especially in small farms, um, it's a, you know, one person or two person operation, um, you know, you're, you're not really having a lot of extra time. So any effort or time that you put into where your business is going, how you can market it, how you can interact with your customer base and your community um, is, is essential. So I think Dave did a wonderful, wonderful job um, with his work uh, and his guidebook of bringing um, some some context to the farmer and in a you know relatively short but very detailed um, book just pointing these things out. So if you sat down and had a quiet moment, you know, for an hour or during off season or whatever the case may be, you could really get a lot of value out of, you know, all of Dave's research and learning and understanding of, you know, the, the direct to consumer uh, model, the relationship that's being built and maybe how to do that better. Do you have any questions for Dave or topics for the three of us to discuss more broadly? Um, sure. So one of the things that that uh, was of interest to me is sort of the the balance aspect um, because um, Dave, of course, is sort of in the middle of that now, right? You've got a, um, a, a running farm and you have a farmer's market and you also need to do some, uh, you know, you also need to do some type of um, marketing for yourself and things like that. So, so how, I'm sure you've learned a lot from the project. How do you envision that balance? Well, <laughs> that's a great question. I have had the benefit of having a business partner and my wife who is pretty talented at the marketing aspect. So um, you know, as I've been going through this program uh, and working full time and um, all the, the different things that we're involved in, um, you know, the, the focus has been just kind of spreading my, my um, energy across all those things. But now that this program is coming, coming to a close, that's going to free up a lot of time and energy to really focus on refining those marketing, those marketing skills. So, you know, I, I, we've going through this program, we've had to learn, uh, you know, time management and using our time effectively. I think, you know, as t more time and, and energy opens up, I think that's going to give me a good opportunity to, to really hone those skills. And how, how do you think that your, um, work in the the program and then ultimately leading to this project has has made you uh, 
um, better at what you do. And I, I would say farming, but you're farming and you're being a community resource. So I, I don't know if either of those aspects sort of stick out to you as more uh, important than the others or, or more um, maybe not important, but um, either time consuming or, um, you know, something where you can, you know, um, promote your, your knowledge and influence to others. Yeah, that's kind of evolved. I've always thought of myself as, um, you know, I've, I've been on this long transition from working in an office to wanting to be a full-time farmer. And that's all I could think about for the past probably seven or eight years. Uh, but, you know, going through this master's program and realizing what, what, what the larger picture is in all of this has caused me to think a little bit more seriously about the, the business aspect of it. You know, it's one thing to farm and be able to produce the food, which we can do. Um, it's a whole other thing to connect that to your community, to make it economically viable to, um, you know, com not combat, but to kind of hedge yourself against all those other obstacles and, and things that are out there. That requires more of a well-rounded skill set that I think, um, you know, my eyes have been greatly open to going through this master's program. And it, it's legitimized my professionalism, I think, to a certain extent. Um, I think, you know, the traditional idea of a farmer as somebody that's you know out in the fields all the time on a on a tractor or somebody disconnected from their community uh you know I don't, I don't think that's the future of farming not that it, it's been that cut and dry in the past but i th really think the future of farming and agriculture is one that is more closely connected to to the communities in which they operate Having more farmer academics can't be a bad thing. <laughs> right. right. More well, academics than just, you know, these are the chemicals that you throw on a field. Yes, exactly. Being knowledgeable and, and knowledge comes from a lot of places. But um, like you say, there's a lot to be gained by the experience of having gone through the academic process as well in terms of understanding how things relate and being able, I resonated with what you said about um, being an intuitive and um, having the academic experience bring you around to maybe a more balanced or complementary approach where you, you bring in reason and logic yeah. <laughs> to support that in intuition. So, Absolutely. well, um, yeah, I want to wish you the very best of luck moving forward, Dave. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really do. And I want to thank you both, Dave and Hava, for being guests on the Capstone. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. Take care. You too. The Capstone is a production of the online Master of Science program in Sustainable Food Systems at Prescott College. Audio production and original music by Chris Ridgway. I'm your host, Lisa Trokia. Please join us next time.